The following audio is from Calvary Chapel, Monrovia. For more information, please visit www.ccmonrovia.org. Amen. Please open your Bibles with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. You know, as I was there in India this past week, um, it was it was such a blessing for me uh, in many ways to see Wesley, who has been such a, a part of my life for many years, and see his ministry now really kind of developing and coming into fruition. But it was also just just good to be on the mission field again, even for a short time, just to fellowship with these missionaries, these these people from from you know our culture over there investing their lives in this new work and this new opportunity to see the gospel advancing in Asia. You know, that's a, that's a huge, huge resource and opportunity for a desperately needed work. Now, in India, it's primarily Hinduism, and it's the predominant uh, religion of the, of the culture. And that's a dark, dark uh, religion. It's very demonic. It's, they have witch doctors and all kinds of a variety of things that, that go along with this false religion. And so spiritually, there's great darkness and the people suffer. And to see the gospel coming in and, and just bringing light to lives, what an opportunity. But it was a blessing for me just to be around guys that are out there on the front lines just doing the work and excited to be involved in the work, privileged to be uh, engaged in the ministry. That was so refreshing for my heart, just thinking of the adventure. You know, here's this young married couple. We're living in India for the gospel, and we're training these guys to go out and preach into the villages and bring into the darkest places the light of Jesus Christ. It was very encouraging and kind of refreshing for my heart and for my own faith. And I want to share a little bit of that with you today. And this passage came to mind. This is John chapter 1. This is where Jesus is beginning to assemble his team. He's at the very beginning of his earthly ministry. He's, he's 30 years old himself. And he's beginning to put together these young guys in their 20s, maybe even some late teens. We don't know their age, but Scripture seems to indicate that they were young, young men. And imagine that. You're a young man. You're a fisherman or you're, you're a tax collector. You're engaged in some kind of profession, and then you meet Jesus. And he invites you to this journey of faith to become his disciple, to follow him and think of that decision, that, that change. You're going this way, and now you're following Jesus. And think of how radically their lives were changed. What an adventure. Just, you know, they, they, they knew this, and now they know this. And this is what I want to talk about, that God is calling all of us to follow Jesus. All of us are called to walk in the fullness of the adventure, if you will, the ministry, the calling, the purpose that God has. His kingdom work is still alive, still active. And God wants to use our lives. Take a look with me. John 1, and skip it down to verse 43. We'll just look at this one exchange as Jesus uh, calls a man by the name of Nathaniel. Verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip... And said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Same hometown as Andrew and Peter. We know they were fishermen. 
Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I'd like to speak to you about greater things than these. Jesus encourages Nathanael. You've come in faith. You believe in your Messiah. And just a, a, a little moment of, of divine uh, in, insight into your life. I saw you when you're under the fig tree. Just that inspires his heart. And Jesus said, oh, you're going to see greater things than these. Imagine that, the beginning of that journey, what the next three and a half years would look like, and what the resurrection would look like, and what the beginning years of the church and the early work of the kingdom with the Holy Spirit moving and, and working so prevalently in their lives. Imagine the course change in this young man's life. You've been going this way. You're doing what you think is right. You're doing your best. But now Jesus taps and says, hey, I want to show you greater things than these. I have something for you. I have an adventure for you. And I have things that I've planned for you that you haven't even dreamed of yet. And God begins to draw his heart. Three things that I want to point out to you that I kind of see as a process of faith. We're talking about faith this morning. Walking with the Lord. Journeying with Him. Are you hoping to see greater things? I know in my heart I'm, I'm being encouraged by the Lord. Greater things than these. The first thing I want to point out to you is that Nathaniel had a seeking heart. Look again, verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. Well, that's kind of an odd way to start a conversation. Hey, we found him. Who'd you find? You know, him. Well, obviously Nathanael knew what he was talking about. Him of whom Moses and the prophets wrote. You see, in their hearts, they were already looking for God to work in their generation. They were already seeking something of God's power to move in their time. They, they knew that, look, we're, we're God's people. We're Israel. We're, we're God's chosen people. We're living here under the Roman rule, but God has promised a deliverer. God has promised a Messiah. I wonder if he'll come in my time. Who is he? We know he's coming. We know God wants to work. This is a seeking heart. They don't have all the answers. They haven't got it mapped out, but they're seeking. There's a sincerity there. And I believe that this, this is something that God, by His Spirit, does begin to stir and work in the heart of His people. That you would begin to yearn for God's working in your life. 
that there would be something in your heart that would just begin to, to desire God to move. There must be something more. Maybe you've had that question or that thought in your mind. Sometimes God uses circumstance to, to reorder your heart, to, to draw you towards seeking Him. I remember in my own life, I've shared some of this testimony with you, but just to, to share it with you again, to refresh your heart. I, I remember in my own life, there was a time where I was living my Christian life. I was a young man, had had our four kids, and I was working in a family business. We were faithful in church, serving in our church. We, we were living a, a good Christian life by all outward appearance. But you know, there was something in my heart that that was kind of always nagging and tugging at me. I just felt like the Lord desired to do more in my life, had ministry things in my life, and I just kind of shelved them. I just kind of suppressed them. I just kind of left them lie dormant. Well, then through circumstance, uh, my wife became ill, and it was a very difficult season. She became uh, uh, really handicapped. She wasn't able to dress and, and, and care for herself. We had to get help in the home. We had the four kids just young. I mean, that changes your life in a hurry when, you know, the mom, my wife, very high energy, just a go, go, go person, and now she is down. And this disease was serious enough to where it was life-threatening, and we weren't sure how it would turn out. Now, praise the Lord. She's well today. She's back to her go, go, go. You know her. And she's well and completely healed. But I'll tell you, there was a three-year window in our life where we went through this valley and this trial. And I have to say that during that time, the Lord worked in many ways in all of our hearts. The whole family was affected. But he really began to resort the priorities. You know the Lord can do that, right? I mean, you can have things that you think are really important and you're really focused on, and all of a sudden, nothing, none of that matters. Who cares? Here's what matters. My family, my wife, eternity. Those are the things that rise to the surface. And God will allow, I believe at times, circumstance to, to try to remind us, hey, hey, there's greater things than these that I have for you. Will you seek me? Will you align your heart? Will you think about these things with me, things of eternal value? And during that season, we, we got through it. It was difficult, but when we, as we began to come out of it, we saw that, by, that she was getting well and God was restoring. I'll tell you, we had a different set of priorities. We began to seek the Lord's will. Lord, life is, is fragile. Time is, is but a vapor here in our hands. Lord, we want to live for you and a yearning, a seeking. Philip comes and says, we found him. We found the one we've been looking for, God's purpose for our time. He's on the scene. And he begins to invite Nathaniel to come and see him. And it starts with a yearning. The work of God always starts with a heart that begins to seek. Remember, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I, I knock. If anyone will open up, I will come in. God is knocking. God is seeking. The Bible says his eyes are running to and fro across the earth, seeking loyal hearts that he might show himself strong. God wants to work. God has greater things. The heart has to begin to long for it and seek it. Sometimes we're distracted. Sometimes we're just neglecting. God begins to draw. Well, after that yearning, 
God brings Nathanael to Jesus. And the second thing we notice is that Nathanael is believing. It's good to yearn. It's good to long. But you've got to also believe. You've got to believe that God can work in your life. Take a look. Verse 46 again. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Are you sure, Philip, you found the guy? He's from Nazareth? Oh, I know that town. Are you sure? Now, Nathanael may have been thinking of the prophecies that said Jesus would be from Bethlehem. Of course, Jesus was born and from Bethlehem. This Nazareth was simply the city he grew up in. So there may have been a question even in Nathanael's mind. That doesn't sound quite right that the Messiah would come from Nazareth. It may also have been the reputation of the city. Can anything good come from there? Are you sure? Look, I longed for the Messiah. I want to see God work. But are you sure this is going to happen? And this doubting, it, it, it clouds sometimes even our own hearts. We want to see the Lord work. I think all of us would say, amen. I want to see God work in my life, in my home, in my church, in my generation. But can he? Will he? Can anything good come of, of this situation, my circumstance? But, Jesus, but Philip said, come and see. Come and see. Come check it out. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. I want to speak this into some hearts here today. Listen, you've got to believe. Maybe the question in your heart is, can anything good come of my life? Can anything good come of my situation? Can God make any use of this disaster? Come and see. Come and see and hear the words of Jesus. Look, before you came, I saw you. Jesus' word to your heart is, I saw you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. I've always saw you. I've always been calling you. I've always had greater things than these planned for you. I've had good works prepared for you before the foundation of the world. You've got to begin to rise in faith and not just want it, but believe it could happen. Believe that God can use your life. Believe that Jesus can show you greater things. Believe that you have a place in the kingdom work of the eternal God. Think of these young men. You wake up one morning wondering, what am I going to do today after the morning catch? And, you know, maybe 24 hours later, who is Jesus? He's calling me. This man is, who is he? The difference of what they had planned and what they thought was possible to what became a reality. Oh, greater things than these. Jesus would show these men. Can God really work? Does he want to work? Oh, it, it happens, guys. I know I've been there. Sometimes it's just distractions. Oh, we're just too busy to think about it much because we've got our other you know, priorities going. Sometimes it's our own inadequacies. Oh, maybe he can work with you or her, but not me. I got issues. Or maybe it's even a sense of condemnation. Guilt from the past. I know that I, I suppressed some ministry calling in my heart for many years, feeling that I was just, you know, I, I'd blown it too bad in years past. And, and I, you know, th those, those don't even think that God could now or would now use your life. 
But you know, the Lord spoke to me. There was a pastor who was praying with me, and he said, you know, Richard, as we were praying, I felt like the Lord showed me a picture of you. And he said, what I saw was a man who had a ball and chain attached to his ankle, like a prisoner on a chain gang. And, and, and you're able to move around okay, but, but it's very difficult and it's very slow. And, and, it, and those things that you're carrying are, are the sense of condemnation, inadequacy, guilt, shame of past things that God has already set you free from. God has already cleansed and forgiven. And you're carrying them around and they're hindering your ability to be useful in the Lord's kingdom today. And he said this, the Lord wants you to know it's as if those things never happened. God has set you free. Don't carry the past around into your future and imagine that somehow that's going to limit the greater things that God wants to do. Now, we're not minimizing sin. We're not saying that there aren't sometimes consequences and things you have to work through, but none of that limits the Lord. Consequences, circumstances, they don't limit God. God is able to work in every situation as you begin to believe and have faith in Him, even impossible circumstances. Oh, it can never happen now. Now look. No, just believe. Do you remember Jesus on His way to heal the synagogue ruler's daughter? And on the way, she died, and the messenger came and said, Don't trouble the teacher anymore. She's already dead. And Jesus looked and said, Don't be afraid. Only believe and she will be well. They made it on to the man's home, and they went, he went, Jesus went in and raised her back. Nothing is impossible with God. It's not too late. Circumstances do not limit him. You believe. Believe that God has greater things. I saw you, Nathaniel. Jesus was calling him all along. Finally today, you, you do have to seek. There has to be a longing for this. God creates that in your heart. You do have to begin to believe it's possible. And then finally, you've got to follow Jesus. You've got to step out and walk with Him and start taking steps of faith towards the things that He draws you towards. All of this is wonderful. Oh, I long to see the Lord work. Oh, I believe that He can work. But you stand still and nothing happens. When's it going to happen? You know, when's God just going to do everything? And I can just kind of walk. It's, God's asking you to follow him. Nathaniel could have just stayed put. Oh, you know, I, I believe the prophets. I believe the prophecies, but I'm not going to come see. I'm not going to believe in this guy. He gets to this place and he realizes that Jesus is calling his life to follow him. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The greater things are only seen when we take steps to follow Jesus. The greater things in your life, they come as you begin to step in following after Christ. 
We want to see the greater things. Maybe you even believe they're possible, but you've got to start taking steps of faith. This is what inspired me this, this last week, being out with the missionaries, just being refreshed. You mean you guys are out here? Oh, yeah, we're out here. You mean you left San Diego, a comfortable place where you're, you, know, you grew up or locally here in, in, in Orange County? Yeah, we're here in India now, and we're excited. We're doing the work of the Lord. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. What an adventure. What a greater things. Yeah, but you could be home playing it safe. You could be home, you know, doing whatever we do here so often, right? Taking advantage of all the technology. Or you could be a missionary in India on the cutting edge of the gospel light going into a dark place. I mean, I just, something about that stirs my heart. Lord, I want to, you want to be the tip of the spear. You want to be out there for the Lord. Not in your own strength, not in your own calling and your own zeal, but following Jesus. That's where Jesus is going. Jesus is at work. Jesus is mighty to save. He's out looking to work and, and advance the kingdom of God. That's where Jesus' heart is, to save the lost, to mature the body of Christ and the sheep of his pasture. This is the work that we engage in when we follow him. We begin to align with his priorities. Again, I, I can only just tell you my own life story. It, it's, uh, for, for many, many years, I, I feel like I was waiting for God to do something. And, it, and it, finally, the Holy Spirit began to communicate to me that, no, Richard, I'm waiting for you to do something. I've already done everything. I've already planned everything. I've already got the greater things waiting for you. You've got to start moving. You've got to start taking steps of faith. And as I said, as that urge began to grow and I began to seek it in prayer, and then God began to, let, to bring my heart to a place that I could really believe it, things that I had left shelved and dormant beginning to rise up. And then I began to just, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I want to take a step of faith. Open a door. And he began to open doors. And I began, you know, leading worship in, a, in the local church there in, in uh, La Mirada. Seeing my high school buddy behind the pulpit pastoring the work, it just blew my mind. Wow, God, you can do things with our lives. And God began to use my life. Then I began to teach in the Bible ministry school, which I was able to enlist and enroll and go through. And then, you know, eight years go by and the Lord says, hey, I want you to go out and plant a church. And the pastor says, yeah, I think you're ready. Let's do it. And 12 years ago, we planted a church, just, just a handful. You know the story up here in the, the park in Monrovia. Okay, Lord, I'm stepping out. I'm following you. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this is going to work, but Lord, I'm willing to go. And listen, there's a lot of story in between there, but but here we are today, and I'm telling you greater things. Greater things than I could have ever imagined I've seen God work. The fact that I could, that you know, I have, I have so many stories in India. <laughs> to think that I could be over there making any impact for God's kingdom in India is just so strange to me. And yet the Lord has connected, not just India. We have missionaries in Mexico. We have missionaries in other places. Uh, Nicaragua, we're taking a trip there. We have opportunities as a church, so many greater things that God has just bubbled up and birthed as we follow him, as we walk in faith. Listen, God has greater things for you. Jesus wants to show you more. 
Jesus wants to lead you into places you haven't even dreamed of. Oh, I'm not saying they'll be easy. I'm not saying they'll even be more comfortable than where you are right now. You can play it safe. And God loves you. And I'm not asking you to get get some kind of, you know, guilt trip. I got to be a missionary, I guess, to India. That's the only... No, that, that, that's not for all. I'm so glad that's not for all because I'm not looking to go there full time. I want to support the guys that are already there and know how to manage the culture and the language and the food and all of the, the hardships. But listen, God has something for each of us. And I don't know what it will be for you, but you need to start taking some steps. God's got greater things. Let me just let me say this. Um, not all are called to be missionaries. But my guess is in a room this size today with this many people, some of you are called to be missionaries. There are missionaries in this room that God is saying, follow me, follow me. I've got greater things to show you. There are pastors, there are ministry leaders here today that God is calling, God is drawing you. There are a variety of gifts and ministries that God wants to use throughout His church and His people. Not all are called to, to, to go. Maybe some of you are called to send. Maybe some of you are called to support and to help those that are going because they can't go without help. However, the Lord would lead you with the desire and the belief, start following Jesus. Take small steps. That's the way it's been in my life. I didn't try to launch out and do it all at once, but I began to take steps. You know, maybe for some of you, it's just beginning to, to serve in, some, local, in some, some small way here at the church. And this is not to condemn or add guilt. I'm, just, I'm asking you to consider greater things. Greater things the Lord has for you. Maybe, maybe you will take a mission trip this summer and just put yourself out there and see what the Lord does. Just see what He does in your heart. Hey, maybe for some of you, you'll, just, you'll, you'll come on Wednesday night Bible study. And I, again, I'm not pitching this. I'm not trying to make anybody guilty about to do anything. I'm just telling you, sometimes you just have to get moving to see what God wants to do. Now, for me and my wife, you know, we just began to funnel our family, our children, everything. We began to try and shape it after Jesus. Oh, we, have, we made so many mistakes, and we have so much, we have so many issues. And I'm not trying to, I'm not here saying, you know, in some boastful way. But I'm telling you, God has led and shown me greater things I could have never dreamed. And, and, and this just became the way of our home, and we channeled our hearts this way, and God, by His grace, was leading us and, and directing us. And I believe that God has more and wants more for you as well. This, this was the sense of it, and I'll close here, and I'll have the ushers come. We're going to partake of communion. This was my sense of it as I was, you know, there in India and just being with those guys and gals that were serving my my sense was, what an adventure. You know, I mean, they already had stories to tell. And we sat around and fellowshiped and talked about, you know, just how our lives ended up even being there together. I told some of my stories, how God got me to India, how they told their stories. And the adventure of it is just like amazing. And the things they've seen God do. The miracles of God opening doors and providing and working out crazy, impossible situations. The greater things, they're out there, but you've got to follow Jesus. 
You've got to get in step with what God and His Spirit are doing. And again, I, I'm not trying to condemn you today. I'm trying to encourage you that God has purpose for all of us. And I, I just, you know, dare to dream what God has for you. Dare to step out and see what the Lord has. Greater things than what you've seen. Greater things than what we've seen so far in, in this church, in this ministry. Lord, I want to I see all that you have. And I want to believe. I want to I follow you. I want to take steps of faith and see what the Lord will do. Like Philip said, come and see. Come and see what Jesus has as you align your heart with his. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in this new work in Asia. We're also thankful, Lord, in our small way as a church to just to be a part of it, Lord. I, I feel like uh, it's a privilege to invest in eternal things. And Lord, as our hearts close here today and we prepare to partake of communion together, I'm just asking you to speak into the heart of your people. Just asking you, God, to just to remind us that Jesus, following you, is the greatest adventure of all. And that you have good things and you have great things to show us and to reveal to us. And that you have miracles and, and, Lord, things that we can't even think of right now. That you want to work in our lives, through our lives. That you are not limited, Lord, but accept that sometimes we limit you. With unbelief, with other priorities that choke out and affect fruitfulness. Lord, help us, God. Not through guilt, not through any condemnation this morning, Lord, but through grace, through the love of Jesus. Jesus, you, you say to every heart, I see you. I see you. I saw you. I've always known you. I've always loved you. Come and see. Come and see what I have for you. Believe. Follow me. Oh, Jesus, call our hearts. Shape us into that, that pattern of pursuing you, and do what only you can do, Lord, by your grace, by your Spirit. As our heads are bowed here today, and just before we partake of the elements, I do want to give a prayer for anyone here today that needs to respond to the Lord. And it may be that you are here today, and the Lord is drawing you by his Spirit, to come and see Jesus, to come and see this one that the Scriptures declare, the Son of God, the one who died on the cross for your sins, who rose again in victory and offers eternal life for those who will believe. Maybe you've never taken that step of faith to receive and believe in Christ, but he's beckoning you today. Come, see and you want to respond, you want to receive Christ. Maybe you're here today and you, you need to recommit your heart to Christ. Maybe you are someone like I was for many years, just kind of going through the motions, but not really following Jesus. Oh, Jesus was, was in the journey, but he wasn't the journey. 
And maybe, maybe you feel the Lord calling you and saying, you know, I've got greater things to show you. Will you follow me? Will you come? Will you come and see? Will you walk with me with fullness of heart and faith? And maybe there's some here today. You just need to recommit your heart to that path and following Jesus. So if you're here today, you want to receive Christ or you want to recommit your heart to Christ, raise your hand. I want to pray for you before we partake of the elements today. Anybody this this afternoon, God bless you. Anyone else? Lord speaking to you in the back. Amen. On the right, on the aisle there, on the outside. God bless you. Anyone else? It's two or three hearts. Anyone else before we partake of the elements want to pray? Come and see. God bless you. So, Lord, we do thank you for these hearts responding to you today, and I pray that you would meet them, Lord, with your love, with your grace, that they would hear just as Nathaniel did on that day, I see you, I saw you, I saw your heart, I see your heart now. Lord, that they would simply confess and acknowledge, Jesus, we need you. You are the one that we've been looking for. You are the answer. Forgive me, cleanse me, and help me by your Spirit to follow you and to, and to see the, the good things that you've prepared for us, Lord. Bless these hearts responding and bless us now as we partake communion in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Calvary Chapel, Monrovia. To view and listen to more sermons, please visit www.ccmonrovia.org.